4: Good afternoon and welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host live from Las Vegas, your other host live on the East Coast out in Boston, Josh Applebaum. So, Josh, I know you tuned in like everybody else. Uh, the Field of Dreams lived up to the hype, the expectations, exceeded ex- expectations, really. Uh, I think baseball is in a great spot, capturing perhaps a new audience, and then also uh, the betting world the sports betting world I mean it's incredible to be able to have a wager on that type of game uh in major league baseball
5: yeah it really was awesome and again precious with the game that we leaned on with the white sox you know seeing them steamed up minus 162 around minus 170 you know one thing that uh we've seen in baseball recently mm-hmm. is just this epic favorite streak right now right. chalk 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 you know and again chalk what that means is back in the day before computers when the odds makers used to uh, write all the lines on a chalkboard they put the minus number in front of the favorite so that's the reason why but Uh, Pritch, we've seen favorites about 75% the last nine days or so to me, this is the time of year where, uh, leaning on these favorite line moves. And again, you got to win at a higher rate in order to turn a profit, Mm -hmm. but these non-division favorites, to me, that's the key. You don't have to worry about this divisional dog angle with the familiarity of these tighter games in the division, the non-division benefits, the lack of familiarity. So line move to Chicago, Pritch, it wasn't easy. They were up (laughs) big. They gave it up. Then they, they give up all these runs in the ninth with Hendricks. But then, of course, the perfect storybook ending there uh, with uh, with the walk off for Tim Anderson made a lot of White Sox betters like me very happy. And I would just say, Rob Manfred, if you're listening to Vincen, can we make this thing a yearly tradition? Give me two different teams each year. Keep the stadium going. It just get, it gives me chills. I'm, I'm a sucker who loves the Field of Dreams, the movie. You know, Dad, will you play catch? I love it. Give me all of it. I want once a year uh, a game there in August. I think it's a great idea.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was a movie with an unscripted ending. I mean, a lot of people are talking about that fact. I and mean, that, But that's what sports gives you, though. So uh, if the favorite streak can stay alive here, we got Milwaukee. They're a big favorite against Pittsburgh, though. Minus 210, Josh.
5: Yeah, so I'm not going to outsmart myself too much on this one, Pritch. I've been riding the, the Milwaukee Brewers here uh, quite a bit recently, and I'm going to ride them again today. I like them against uh, Pittsburgh. You know, Milwaukee, 70-46 and 46 this year. They actually have the third-best record in Major League Baseball, quietly. You don't really think about it off the top of your head. But Milwaukee, now plus 450 to win the National League, plus 1,100 to win the World Series. They're 14-5 and five, their last 19 games. Uh, they're playing Pittsburgh, who one of the worst records in baseball, 41-74. and 74. They've lost eight straight. Uh, and this is one of those plays where i just think pros are not outsmarting themselves Mm -hmm. give me the better team uh give me a line move here you know you open milwaukee minus 180, hefty favorite. They've been seamed up all the way to around minus 200. So uh, again, big move toward the Brewers here. You look at uh, favorites minus 200 or more coming off a win, 74% this year. A road favorite coming off a big win, and big win would be uh, by five runs or more, 68% this year. Then just some some matchups that would favor Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee is 12 and four against Pittsburgh this year. I think that's something you can lean on down the stretch. Certain divisional matchups where one team really owns the other, would be in favor of Milwaukee here, Pritch. Also, the lefty on the bump for Milwaukee, uh, Anderson, Mm -hmm. lefty. Uh, Pittsburgh has struggled a lot against everybody. Pritch doesn't matter what hand you throw from, but they're seven and 23 against lefties. Also Milwaukee 52 and 35 is a favorite Pittsburgh 36 and 70 as a dog. So I'm going to lay it with Milwaukee or I'm going to sweat the, uh, the beer makers in this one. All
4: right. I like that pick to be honest with you. I was worried about the price, but, but maybe not so much anymore. Um, the Dodgers on the road against the Mets, uh, they are the favorite in this one minus minus one fifty-two eighths. the
5: total. Yeah, so I'm looking at the Dodgers in this one here, Pritch, as well. You know, we look at the Dodgers. They're still a minus-135 favorite to win the NL West, even though they're five games behind San Fran. So, again, you know, the bods makers are still telling you, hey, you know, Giants are playing great, but don't, mm-hmm. don't forget about the Dodgers. They could turn it on late once all their – Trade acquisitions, injured guys get back. Uh, but it's really important game for the Mets as well. They trail Philly by a half game. They're plus 155 right now to win the NL East. But I like this move toward the Dodgers pitch. You have the Dodgers open uh, around a minus 140 favorite on the road. They've been steamed up almost to minus 160. So this would be that system, that non-division uh, favorite with steam, 10 cents or more, 235 and 140, 63% this year. You'd be up almost 14 units playing that spot. Also, Dodgers, uh, plus 181 run differential. Mets minus 13, Mets 18 and 25 as a dog, Dodgers 69 and 43 as a favorite. And here's another uh, team that, again, fade against a, a bad team against a lefty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julio Urias, 13 and three, with a good ERA around three this year on the bump for uh, the Dodgers against Miguel for the Mets. The Mets are only 13 and 26 against lefties this year, Pritch. They've struggled. Give me the Dodgers in this one.
4: I like that pick as well, right there in Major League Baseball. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host, live from Las Vegas. Your other host out in Boston, Josh Applebaum. So, Josh. Let's do a deep dive into another NFL team, shall we? And this time we'll do it with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I'm intrigued on your thoughts about the Titans this year. Win total nine and a half wins, the over plus one oh five, the under minus one twenty-five for the Titans.
5: Yeah, so first off, Pritch, with that win total, we did see movement here on that win total. So it actually, you know, when at first glance you say nine and a half under juice minus one twenty five. Odds makers are, on, are are leaning under, and the unders maybe a sharp bet. But remember, this thing actually opened at nine and got up to nine and a half. So mm-hmm. uh, anytime you hop up, you know, a half game, just naturally you're going to juice up the side that you just moved from. So that's kind of one uh, one way to look at it. But I like Tennessee Titans over uh, Pritch. I made a play on the over nine, so I am holding that in pocket. Uh, but I think the Titans are again really the biggest beneficiary of. You know, a a division that's kind of in turmoil where the the Texans are expected to be really bad this year. The lowest win total of any team uh, at four, which is actually juiced up under minus 115. Uh, We talked about the Jaguars, six and a half. I love that under as well, fading a rookie coach, rookie quarterback, team that won one and 15 last year. So it's very doable that, you know, you could sweep both games against the Jags and the Texans. And then maybe a split with the with the, the colts here you know we do know the colts situation with uh carson wentz we think he's out five to twelve weeks it sounds like he may be ready for week one we also get a, an update here that jim ursay they're going to take it kind of slow with carson wentz i just think with all these question marks and two bad teams in your division to me the beneficiary is the titans you have a coach that you can kind of lean on here you know i was saying earlier um you know with uh with vrabel only two and six ats in the preseason mm-hmm. uh but th- but this is a guy that is really building something and i think is a no-nonsense coach that i have a lot of faith in you know he goes nine and seven nine and seven breaks through eleven and five last year beat the patriots in that playoff game the last game with brady that ended on a pick six to logan ryan um but i just think good coach and great you know group of if i can pick four offensive weapons you got to think Tennessee's right up there, top five, maybe. I mean, Tannehill, uh, who was a cast off from Miami, really died and went to heaven there, turned his career around. Derrick Henry doesn't look like he's slowing down. A.J. Brown, young stud. You bring in Julio Jones, who, again, we've heard could have some injury issues here. But if you can, you know, kind of pace him and and let him play, I think that's a a top four offensive grouping that I think is going to lead them to quite a few wins. So I'm high on Tennessee, Pritch. You know, I really would have loved to have jumped on the nine if you Mm -hmm. didn't get it. Even at nine and a half and you're getting plus 105, I'd still lean over. I think it's a 10 and seven team or better. Yeah, the over is plus 105 right now uh, in Vegas out here
4: we, we have that on the board there uh, help me out with this market insight Josh because okay to make the playoffs you're minus 160 right um, to win the division or minus 110 L- 17 <laughs> regular season games I mean they're going to go over nine wins in order to win the division and certainly make the playoffs I mean they have to at least win 10 games
5: I think so, Pritch. It's a great point by you because different props you can kind of you know target in a different way, or maybe there's one prop that you're kind of betting the same thing, but you're getting a better number. I think in terms, you know, I would lean on to win the division minus 110. Minus one sixty to make the playoffs. I think that's just saying, hey, you know, if you come in second, you lose out on a tiebreaker to the Colts, you could still be a wild card team. So you're paying that extra fifty cents of juice just to open up, up you know, a wild card spot there. Right. So that kind of makes sense to me. Um, but I just think again, you know, with all this instability, I think you kind of know what you're gonna get from Tennessee. You're gonna have a really good offense, you're gonna have a pretty good head coach who's not gonna lose you many games. Uh the defense is in question, we've heard Maybe they're improving a little bit here. Again, a team that maybe you could target some overs with this year with a great offense and you know questionable defense here. But uh, to me, if I'm going to bank on any team in this division, Pritch, it's definitely going to be Tennessee.
4: Right. So that's why I suggested maybe the over at plus 105. I mean, the over would give you 10 wins that probably is sufficient to win the division. Uh, so you avoid the minus 110, uh, and then to make the playoffs, you avoid the minus 160. You get a great price at uh, plus 105 right there.
5: Yeah, great point, Pritch. And again, you know, I'm thinking about it now. I have the over nine at minus 140, so I paid a hefty price there at the time. But uh, I guess in my defense, I would say, you know, you go nine and eight, I push instead of lose if I have over nine and a half. So that's the game you play. I think as a better, you just got to do what you're comfortable with. You put in the time, the effort, the homework, you know, hey, would I rather get a, a, a number nine and save myself from a push instead of a loss? Paying a minus one forty, or would I rather just, you know, take the plus money on the nine and a half? It's up to you as a better. I don't think mm-hmm. there's a, a perfect answer either way, but I think as a better, you got to do what you're most confident and comfortable with.
4: We'll get to the defense in a minute, but let's start with the offense. So let me ask you this question. I, I think people are underrating Ryan Tannehill, and here's why. Like if you put Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers on this team with this roster, what would be their win total this year?
5: Oh, man, it's got to be 11, 11 and a half. It's got to be up there, right? With that talent,
4: with the offensive line that they have with Derrick Henry, um, with Julio Jones, A.J. Brown. I mean, good Lord, they have some weapons right there. But Ryan Tannehill, for some reason, is getting discounted. Like, he's a comeback player of the year. Uh, This guy has gone toe-to-toe with uh, Patrick Mahomes in terms of stats since he's been with the Titans. Uh, in some categories, he's better than Patrick Mahomes. I think he's got more touchdowns, total touchdowns, than Patrick Mahomes since he's been with the Titans. And now they improve with Julio Jones. So uh, help me out with this offense. Help me out understanding uh, why the books or why people might be interpreting Ryan Tannehill
5: as a guy that's holding his team back. Yeah, I think it's just recency bias, Pritch. And it's kind of that public narrative. And, you know, what do we think of Tannehill? You know, if you ask someone on the street or at a a sports bar, they're probably like, oh, high pick. You know, wasn't he a converted wide receiver from A&M? And, you know, he kind of flamed out with the Dolphins, got hurt, didn't play well. But that's the old Tannehill. I think Mm -hmm. you're, you're dealing with a completely different player right now. I mean, if you look at what he's done the last two years in Tennessee, which great move by them, I think they signed him to, like, a one year, you know, four million dollar deal at the, at the beginning before they gave him a ton of money. But remember Pritch, wasn't it Mariota who started in twenty nineteen? And then Tannehill takes over and they take off and uh you can really tell that the you know the players rally around him if you look at what he's done in tennessee you know he had 22 interceptions and or or 22 touchdowns only six interceptions that first year gets in a big contract Well, this isn't a guy who says i got the money you know i'm not going to take it as seriously anymore i think that's a motivating factor he runs it back last year 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions that's really impressive pritch and again you would think with another year with the same you know, uh, personnel, another year in the system, and also adding Julio Jones, a red zone target that either he'll probably make a lot of touchdown catches for you or he'll command a lot of attention and open it up for some other players because you got to respect Julio. So, Rich, I'm looking at these numbers here for Tannehill, you know, 41, 75 and a half passing yards. I think that's doable. You know, you look at last year and he threw for 3,819 mm-hmm. getting an extra game here. Maybe you're getting even better, you know, week to week. I think that's, that's an opportunity. And then 28 and a half touchdowns. He threw 33 last year. Um, you lose Corey Davis. You replace him with Julio Jones. I think those are attainable numbers, Pritch. I actually, Really like Tannehill. I think this is a totally different player from the Miami days.
4: I agree with you. I was at that game. It was in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Mariota, he was the starter. Could not really throw the football. I think he had nerve damage or something like that going on in his arm. Uh, Rabel replaced him with Tannehill, and they did take off uh, against the Broncos there in Denver. Um, so it, it, it's it's a situation I think uh, this is the perfect fit for Ryan Tannehill. 41 41- 75 and a half passing yards. I like that to go over. I do like it over 28 and a half passing touchdowns as well. He had seven rushing touchdowns to go along with the 33 (laughs) passing touchdowns too, Josh. So insert Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator. Uh, He is a uh, three wide receiver type of guy, two tight ends type of guy. I mean, he likes to throw the ball for sure. Uh, So I think that could help Tannehill surpass some of these numbers here.
5: I think it could too. And again, just an offensive situation where probably you're going to be in some high scoring games as well, Pritch, where you're going to have to keep putting up points. You know, that's another thing to look at with some of these, you know, quarterback or receiver or running back, you know, stats like this, where, you know, if you have a commanding defense, you're going to be up big. You don't, you're not, you're, you don't have to really push the envelope second half. You know, if you're a team that's gonna be good, competitive, but also, you know, you're gonna have to probably keep scoring to win some of these games. You know, I feel like the Titans, to me, you see a lot of these like 35, 33 games, There's you know, these higher scoring games in general. I think that's gonna keep Tannehill trying to put up these numbers and play well. And Pritch, you make a good point for the rushing. You know, I'm looking at his career rushing numbers. He's averaging like 220 rushing yards a year. It's a guy that is mobile. So I don't know if the odds makers, you know, sometimes with these these players who um, you know aren't really considered, you know, rushing quarterbacks, they may not even have numbers up there. But I'd be intrigued if a book has Tannehill over under rushing yards. If it's like you know 190 and a half, something like that. Or rushing touchdown seven last year? Is it, you know, four and a half for him? I think those rushing numbers could be worthwhile as well.
4: And then Derek Henry, 15, 25 and a half rushing yards, 13 and a half rushing touchdowns. So uh, here's the guy. The only question I would have is the amount of years and amount of carries that he has on his body now. Uh, Could that perhaps slow him down? But then you add AJ Brown and Julio Jones on the outside he's not going to be seeing those eight-man boxes anymore or as much as he perhaps has seen in the past. And we saw what he can do against DBs. I mean, there's no contest right there. He'll, he'll throw them down to the ground in a heartbeat. So how about that situation, 15, 25-and-a-half rushing yards for Derrick Henry?
5: Yeah, I think that's doable, Pritch. You know, what's funny is Deion Lewis, uh, the little diminutive scat back there with the Patriots and with the, at one point with Tennessee, there's a great photo of, you know, Deion Lewis, you know, five foot five of him and then Derek Henry right next to him. It's just like, you know, Megatron here, Uh, you know, it's just (laughs) unbelievable. So I found that amusing. But um, I would say, you know, you look at Henry's numbers, 15, 25 and a half rushing yards, 13 and a half touchdowns. Those are gaudy numbers. And at first glance, it's like, wow, that's kind of hard to overcome. Uh, Such, such ridiculously high numbers here. But Pritch, mark me as kind of not too concerned about it. I know he is getting older, but he's still only 27. And we know that, you know, kind of that NFL, um, you know, uh, you know, ticket number where, hey, you get to this number and, and you start to fall off the cliff. It's kind of around 30, Pritch. I don't know if you agree with that. Maybe modern medicine, you know, 30, you're getting a little long in the tooth there. But as a running back, he's still only 27, still in his prime, still just a ridiculous physical back. I mean, six foot three, 250 pounds. Mm -hmm. I also like that he's in the same system and he's gotten better every single year. He had 490 yards his, his rookie year, then 744, then 1059, then 1540, then he breaks 2000, 2027. So At 1525 and a half, it seems like a lofty number, but give me the over here, Pritch. I think this guy is probably in that 16, 1700 rushing yards range this year with the added extra game.
4: I mean, if Josh Norman, uh, he's a good player, but if he's most famous for what Derrick Henry did to him, I mean, I don't know how you live past that (laughs) Uh, because everybody's just going to remember what Derrick Henry did to you out there. So the problem with the Titans to me is defense, which is surprising uh, because of Rabel. Uh, he's supposed to be a defensive guru here. Certainly got the head coaching job because of uh, what he can do defensively. They've gone backwards since he's been a head coach over there with Tennessee. So Vrabel's 25 to one. If you can turn around this defense and keep the offense in the right direction, uh, what about that situation for Coach of the Year for Vrabel?
5: 25 to one. I think that's a pretty good number, Pritch. I could be, I could be intrigued by that. Like, let's just say, think of it this way. And again, who knows if this will happen? But let's say the Texans are terrible. Let's say the Jaguars are terrible let's say Carson Wentz has a setback or there are issues at quarterback with the Colts. I mean, what if this, everything breaks right for Tennessee and they go, you know, 14 and three, you know, again, I don't know if that's going to happen, but let's say they win 12 or more games. They make a push in the playoffs. I think they have the a, a style that's suitable to the playoffs as, as well, you know, a good offense, but running the ball, you know, again, defense is going to be, you know, kind of their Achilles heel, if they can overcome that. But good coaching, running the ball, not turning it over. Tannehill only seven picks last year. If everything breaks the right way in a division that seems down with a lot of question marks, twenty-five to one seems like a pretty good number there for Vrabel. Uh, for Vrabel, and also I think with this award, the NFL kind of wants to turn over the new, you know, the new generation of coaches. And Vrabel coming from the Belichick tree and uh, you know being kind of the next wave of of maybe the good younger coaches, I could see just just from a voting aspect. A lot of love for a former player who starts to really build something there in Tennessee. Yeah, do you like Julio Jones comeback player of the year? Thirty-five to one. Thirty-five to one's a great number, Pritch. Mm-hmm. I just think it's tough. You know, uh, he's going to have to beat out a lot of great guys. And you know, looking at Dak Prescott, who's still the favorite. We talked mm-hmm. about, um, and I think Prescott's well, like plus two hundred, plus three hundred, kind of a low number. We talked about, um, you know, Saquon, who I'm not high on, but again, he could have a good year. Uh, we know uh, your boy Run DMC there, McCaffrey. Run CMC. Uh, or, CMC. I said it. There you go. DMC is uh, a rap it, group. <laughs> yeah, no flavor flavor here, Pritch, but uh, <laughs> but I would say he's got to beat out quite a few players there that, that are ahead of him. I love the number. Uh, I'm just not sure if he's going to put up those you know numbers we're used to in Atlanta with yeah. 100 catches, 1500 yards. I think he's going to be a great contributor here, but I don't know if those individual accolades will be as as good as you need them to be to overcome, you know, your Prescotts and, and your and your, uh, you know, uh, your run CMC. There.
4: <laughs> and Flavor flavor is public enemy, by the way. <laughs>
5: Let's see, I, can, I can't get anything right, Brett. I can't you get it by. I'll get you straight. I'll get you straight.
4: Um, Jim Irsay says the Col- Colts will not rush uh, Carson Wentz. You alluded to this. I want to get to this uh, real quick. Uh, Mortensen repeat, uh, reports that Carson Wentz is trending towards playing Week One. Uh, that would be a surprise to me, a shocker, actually. Does that change any thoughts that you have about the Colts entering the year?
5: Uh, it changes a little bit, Pritch. So I think he's kind of saying what you kind of need him to say. You know, we have okay. seen, uh, you know, situations where especially a, a dinged up quarterback like Wentz who started off great, got hurt, injuries have plagued him. Obviously he's let go by the Eagles um, and traded there, you know, kind of as a buy low trade with a, you know, I think it was like a compensatory pick that could be coming to something like that. But I just don't think you have a lot riding, on Carson Wentz. And I don't think you want to push him and, and cause a setback here. Mm-hmm. I think you'd probably rather, you know, maybe go to a, a guy like Eason, who's still the favorite. We know Sam Ellinger, who has played a little bit better here. Got some first teams reps. I just feel like if you're playing for a long-term goal, why risk a setback early? I feel like you kind of take your medicine and make sure that he's okay. And hundred percent going into week two, week three, or whatever that time frame may be. You know, I am seeing this week one line pitch. We're pretty much still the minus two and a half minus three Seattle. Remember that actually opened Indy minus three at home, even before these injuries to Nelson and Wentz Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we did see a bite at the apple with, uh, with, uh, with Russell Wilson, who, by the way, Pritch, uh, I got to dig this up for you. Russell Wilson, uh, as a dog, 56% ATS wow. uh, has been great, so uh, and he's no longer a dog, he's a favorite now they're minus two and a half, minus three um, but again, if Wentz is good to go and he can get, you know, Indy plus three, I think you're going to get some buyback there on that week one number, that to me would be a buy low value play after a line has shifted you know, a full six points
4: there. Yeah, how about that I mean, fast healer, who would have thought that with Carson Wentz because of so many injuries, right but to me, he's still a high risk player uh, you got to keep that in mind too for the entire season uh, for the Colts do yourself a favor, Josh Applebaum. Uh, Google Josh Norman, and the first thing that shows up is Derrick Henry. So uh, it's fascinating. This guy's had a great career, but yet he's going to be known for the Derrick Henry Henry uh, punch right there. Come up next on the program. Uh, it's Friday the 13th, and we're going to honor wide receivers uh, in the league with number 13 receiving totals. Next. Today's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod will come from Arlington Park near Chicago. That is where Saturday's final running of Million Day precedes the anticipated closing of the track next month. Guests on the podcast include top trainer Larry Rivelli, leading jockey Jareth Loveberry, Equibase chart caller Nicole Newlist, and DraftKings Sportsbook's Johnny Avello. Subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or download it at vcin.com slash podcast. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. And Josh, Friday the 13th. I don't know if you're a superstitious guy or not,
5: but um, <laughs> be careful out there, right? It's freaky Friday, French. And by the way, I'm very superstitious. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh Silver Linings playbook, but uh there's a scene there with Robert De Niro when uh when, when his son comes in, he's wearing uh you know the like the uh the trash can and yeah. uh you know with Bradley Cooper and he's gotta have like his mother in this seat, his daughter in this seat. Got to have the, you know, the remotes lined up a certain way. I'm the same way when I'm sweating games. I do all these weird things. So, Pritch, if it wins, you can't say it didn't work. Okay. No, you're
4: right. Go with it. If it works, go with it for sure. Uh, So, we got uh, receivers in the National Football League wearing the number 13. So, in honor of them, uh, we're going to go over their uh, receiving totals. So, Keenan Allen, 1,050 and a half receiving yards, six and a half receiving touchdowns. Uh, We know the information that we got from Staley. He's not going to play their quarterback, Justin Herbert, uh, and certainly Keenan Allen's not going to play during the preseason either. Uh, Does that change your opinion on these numbers?
5: So I actually like that he's not going to play, Pritch. You know, I'm a huge Keenan Allen fan. If you actually look at his stats, I mean, this guy's kind of borderline Hall of Famer when you think about it. He's had 624 receptions, Pritch, 7,397 yards, 42 touchdowns. He's gone over 1,000 yards. Actually, last year, broke a string of three straight seasons he's done it four times overall just a great route runner mm-hmm. a guy with great hands doesn't really drop it and is very uh, really really quick with his, with his feet and you know break getting in and out of his breaks i love keenan allen overall you know my only concern with him and i feel like that over 1050 and a half is very doable um with justin herbert and going into year two knowing herbert even better and you know those those kind of moves where you know you can run your route not even look back and turn around the balls on you kind of that that unspoken quarterback to receiver combination there um, with Herbert year two, I think will be even better. But Pritch, my only concern is he's getting up there in age. He's 29. You're getting close to that 30 year old mark. Uh, and then also coming off of last year, missed a couple games. which actually was pretty good. He played in 14 games as a guy that early in his career missed almost right. two consecutive seasons at one point, uh, had 992 receiving yards last year. I like the over Pritch. But I don't know, injuries with Keenan Allen always scare me. What's your take? Would you hammer that over? Or, you know, I'll ask you as a receiver. You're getting close to 30. How, does your body change at all at that point? Um, it, it does change. You know, he's lost his step. But like you
4: said, he's so savvy as in a slot. Uh, he knows how to get open. And for sure, he's going to speak up about getting the rock thrown his way. Uh, so he's going to have those chances out there. It, all he has to do is stay healthy. I think uh, he can go over those numbers there, Josh. Um, looking at Odell Beckham Jr., what do you make of that? 925 and a half receiving yards, just six receiving touchdowns for,
5: at one point, one of the best, if not the best, receivers in the game. Yeah, so I kind of like buy, I kind of like buying low on this over pitch. I mean, obviously the big thing here is a guy coming off uh, you know, a big injury. Mm-hmm. Um so again, being limited to only 7 games last year after going out for the year with an injury. But if you look at his numbers, I mean, this is a guy uh talk about a great start to your career through his first what, 6, 7 years with the Giants, you know, 1300, 1400, 1300, 1000, 1000 again. I mean, this guy's gone over this a thousand yard number, uh, in what, let's see five of his first seven years. Again, the question though is coming back from a big injury. Can he pick up where he left off there with Baker Mayfield? I like that you still have, you know, Jarvis Landry and Higgins and some of these other wide receivers, um, you know, maybe they, you know, create a little attention on the other side of the field, leave it open for Odell, a guy who can really make these a big downfield threat that I think is a big benefit coming back, you know, to Cleveland. And also like, you know, Pritch, I don't really hear a lot of people talking about Odell Beckham coming out. It's almost like this guy was so boisterous and flashy and making that crazy, you know, one-hand catch over mm-hmm. and on the sideline there, maybe one of the best catches ever. Um, I feel like he's kind of flying under the radar, and maybe that's a good situation to be in. I lean over, but Pritch, are you worried about coming back from an injury? I'm not.
4: Uh, the ACL is interesting because of the sidebacks and certainly the, the rehab that you have to schedule. Uh, I talked to a player, a well-known player uh, that I played with, actually, Uh, he tore up his knee and when he came back he felt like he was better because of the Cybex (laughs) machine,
5: because of the rehab, because of what he did. Jerry Rice tore his ACL and came back the same year. It's almost like a pitcher like Tommy John Pritch. You know, Chris Sale coming back for the Red Sox. He He's saying, he, you know, his elbows never felt better. So mm-hmm. the, mo- the, the wonders of modern medicine, my friend. Right, and
4: we saw Devin Bush out there playing a preseason game uh, last night, too. He tore up his leg, too. So uh, I think Odell Beckham Jr. could have a humongous year uh, for the Cleveland Browns. Coming up next on the program, our VP of digital content, Ben Fox. He's next. indeed delivers great candidates fast in fact indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined according to talentness get more at indeed.com credit welcome back to the show it's betting across america mike pritchard josh applebaum with you today and so is our next guest he's our vp of digital content you can follow him on twitter at bfox fox 22 ben fox ben
6: how are you Doing well, fellas. Uh, it's Friday. Looking forward to the weekend. Uh, I just got followed on Twitter by Vikings great Ben Lieber. So look, it's it's all looking up right now heading into the weekend.
4: I tell you, Ben brought it today. Eleven wins for your Vikings this year.
6: That's uh, that's optimistic, but <laughs> but look, I, if that's the way that it plays out, uh, I will be very happy. He was a part of many good teams, including that 2009 team that. Probably wins the Super Bowl if Brett Favre just, you know, runs to the right there instead of throwing the interception. But we, we won't go back down that
4: road. <laughs> okay. Uh, he did have a broken leg, I believe, in that game, didn't he? Yeah, I think <laughs> okay. he
6: got injured. Give him yeah. a break.
4: Give him a break. Um, <laughs> uh, how about a sports betting update uh, from Canada? What do you have here?
6: Yeah, so this has been in uh, in the works for a long time, uh, been on a little while ago, uh, Updating Canada, basically they have had parlay betting for many years, meaning in the NFL, MLB, other sports, you'd have to tie two games together. So for example, NFL preseason games today, you'd have to bet at least two games together uh and now they have a bill c218 which was passed june 30th which allows single game sports betting much in the same way we have in the u.s here again that will allow all of their provinces there are 11 provinces in canada to offer single game sports betting starting on august 27th so two weeks from today they will be able to offer that and again this is a big deal a big market basically canada's population is roughly 38 million people That's essentially if you put Pennsylvania, Illinois, and New Jersey together, and just for a kind of numbers, you know, round perspective, those three states last month had $1.6 billion in sports betting handle. And again this is in june not in the football season when it'll be higher so definitely a big a big deal here Canada will be a big market and it'll be interesting to see how it compares as well to the us just in terms of popularity you obviously have nhl very popular there canadian football other sports so i think it'll be really interesting to see and just kind of what people are betting on and how big the market becomes
5: then it's great to talk to you and again congrats to canada i think it's ridiculous that prior uh, to this change, you had to bet parlays. You know me as like the anti-parlay guy. The fact that you had to bet parlays, uh, I'm really glad that that's no longer the case here. And I did go to the University of Vermont, so you know, going over the border to Montreal, uh, quick short trip here. So I'm excited about that. But Ben, I wanted to ask you about Connecticut because I know you used to spend some time in Connecticut. I'm right next to Connecticut here in Massachusetts. Uh, may have to you know get some trips here to Mohegan Sun or Foxwoods. Tell us about Connecticut and what's happening because it sounds like they're one of the next states uh, in line here on deck to get legalized sports betting.
6: Yeah, you're going to be surrounded, Josh, pretty soon, I think. (laughs) Not in Massachusetts yet, but you want to drive to Rhode Island, (laughs) you want to drive to New York, want to drive to Connecticut, uh, you'll be all set for sports betting. Uh, Rush Street Interactive won the Connecticut lottery bid uh, for access in the state. So that will basically allow them uh, to build, I think, up to 15 retail sports books. They've talked about the Excel Center in Hartford as well. Um, Mohegan Sun, I believe, is through DraftKings. Uh, Basically, DraftKings and FanDuel will be the other two books in the state. And Connecticut's important as well. Uh, It's only 29th out of 50 states in population, but it's the highest per capita income of all U.S. states. So, anyone who's been down in Fairfield County or uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, (laughs) There's, there's plenty of money available for, for sports betting. So I think it, again, will be an interesting market to see. And like we've seen with New Jersey, when you have New York right next to it or other states that don't have legal sports betting, obviously Massachusetts comes to mind with a much larger population, not that far to travel to Connecticut. Again, I think we'll see some spillover there into the handle. So I think it'll be a larger market probably than people originally anticipate, just given that it's a small population state.
4: We're speaking with Ben Fox. He's our VP of digital content here at v So, Ben, we have preseason football. Thrilling games last night, I thought. Uh, entertaining, that's for sure. Uh, the games tonight, uh, one game in particular, I think, uh, is of interest uh, because of the quarterback situation. No Dak Prescott for the Cowboys. What are you seeing in this matchup, Cowboys and the Cardinals?
6: Yeah, I don't want to uh, derail. I don't know if you guys spent the whole A block on Mac Jones's performance last night, with Josh, but we, we won't go back in back into that. Uh, this is one I got to get. I got to get your guys' help because we got some interesting numbers here coming in. Uh, Cardinals and Cowboys. Eighty-nine percent of the bets, ninety-one percent of the money at BetMGM on the Cardinals. We're at Cardinals minus two, but a couple other books, we have a lot of bets on the Cardinals, but not necessarily the money. So we've seen 80% of the bets at DraftKings, but only 60% of the money on the Cardinals. That's actually gone from minus two to minus two and a half. And we have 81% of the bets, but only 52% of the money on the Cardinals at points bet. So a ton of bets on the Cardinals, a varying amount of money on the Cardinals, and the line basically staying the same at two, or even moving towards the Cardinals at two and a half.
5: Yeah, Ben, this is intriguing, and I I really find this fascinating, looking at different books, looking at their their handle, ticket versus money discrepancies. You know, I would say, uh, you know, one thing to me that jumps out on this board, the the data you gave us, is the under, because you look at Dallas and Arizona to the under, uh, 82% of of bets, but 87% of money. The other thing I like to see is not just the low bets, higher dollar, but the line moving in favor of that low bets, higher dollar. So you have a big majority bets on the under. But I don't really quantify that as a public play because I don't think a lot of recreational betters are saying I really want to sweat this You know, preseason under tonight. You have more public bias toward overs. But the fact that it fell 40 down to 38 tells me not just big money, but the odds makers are, are taking respected money moving that thing down. But Ben, I know we're up against it real quick. I want to ask you, your uh Minnesota Vikings here. Pritch and I were talking about this game tomorrow at 4 o'clock. I really like Denver. Uh, this is a big line move to the Broncos. It opened at Minnesota minus one and a half. Now Denver minus two and a half. Kind of like this quarterback uh, competition. Maybe they play a little bit more. But what do you think? Would you go Denver here, or uh, do you think getting you know a couple points now with uh, with Minnesota? Would you lean that way?
6: I think you're probably a little late on the Denver move, but I I would agree that their quarterbacks, especially the backups, uh, are going to be better than Minnesota's quarterbacks. Mike Zimmer does have very good record in the preseason against the number. I think he's like 20 and five as Vikings coach. But I would probably still lean the Broncos. They have the better starting defense, probably the better backup defense as well. Uh, and again, that team—I I, think—I think they'll probably beat the Vikings.
4: All right, he's our <laughs> VP of digital content. Follow him on Twitter at @bfox22. Ben, that was awesome. Have a great weekend.
6: Thanks, guys. You too.
4: Absolutely. Uh, we'll definitely have a great weekend as we got football, Josh. Uh, uh, maybe some update uh, for some line movement, perhaps. More insight as well for the preseason games, not only tonight, uh, but also uh, we look ahead for Saturday as well. That's coming up next right here on v the Esports Ready Network. Summer sports betting is heating up, so sign up right now for a risk-free first bet up to $1,000 at BetMGM. Be sure to use bonus code VSEN1000 and get in the game with the king of sportsbooks. Get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Once again, it's bonus code VSEN1000 to make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host today. So looking ahead uh, of the games, preseason football, all, everybody's excited about it. Certainly we got fans back. Josh, uh, let's get into the schedule on Saturday uh what are you seeing in terms of a line movement uh early on and, and what are you noticing from a market insight perspective
5: yeah so we hit on denver and minnesota that was obviously one that saw a big line movement. that's a four o'clock game tomorrow uh no offense to our buddy ben fox but <laughs> it looks like your broncos here uh are getting hit quite a bit we talked okay. about kind of the fact that you know minnesota is probably going to sit a lot of guys although zimmer is really good ats has been mentioned 20 and five uh so he's done well ats however uh, really wise guys aren't banking on Zimmer. They're really hitting Denver here. Denver going from plus one and a half to minus one and a half. Ben made a good point late to the party. If you're going to lay the points to me, I money line these situations. So uh, I'll be money lining Denver around minus minus ish around there. Uh, Pritch a bunch of other ones uh, that we've noticed um, Cleveland Jacksonville. We've hit okay. on this uh, throughout the week, but this is another situation of a big line move and a team that probably isn't going to take the game too seriously versus a team that I think is going to take it very seriously with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, Cleveland resting a lot of their starters. Cleveland actually opened minus four on the road at Jacksonville. Completely flipped now to uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, minus two and a half. Looks like it may even go to three. That'll be another money line play for me backing uh, Urban Meyer there. Maybe you, uh, maybe Urban plays to win, and you'll know, get some of his guys a lot of action there at the start. A um, couple other was that we've seen here, Pritch. Uh, Another one was the Jets. Believe it or not, the Jets and the Giants. A lot of money coming in on Fireman Ed here and the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 because we actually had this thing open Giants minus one and a half, quote unquote, at home. Remember, this is Meadowlands. They play in the same stadium here, Uh, but minus one and a half Giants. Now it's flipped to Jets. Uh, minus two and a half. So this thing is really moving quite a bit here. Uh, maybe you get a lot of, um, you know, a lot of uh, Zach Wilson. And again, a new head coach, Robert Salah, China. to uh, maybe, ha- again, leaning on these these rookie coaches mm-hmm. to play well in the preseason when the other team doesn't really care, but betting against them with their win totals in the regular season. Just keep an eye on the on the uh, the Jets there as a possible money line play. Then a couple other ones, Rich, uh in your neck of the woods, I'll, I'll throw this to you, but Seattle and Las Vegas, I don't think you're going to see a lot of, uh, Pete Carroll's top guys here, or or Russell Wilson, or DK Metcalf, or any of these guys. Vegas open minus one and a half at the Death Star here, Pritch. They're up to minus two and a half. Looks like they're going to minus three. So that line is moving toward Vegas there. And then we did mention um, the Rams resting a ton of almost all of their their number one guys here at home against the Chargers. Again, another quote unquote home game. Both teams playing the same stadium, SoFi here. But we did see the Rams open. Uh, getting two. Now they're getting three and a half. You did see a move there toward the Chargers. But Pritch, in terms of Vegas, mm-hmm. what do you think of that line move? Are people jazzed up in Vegas about finally fans in the stands and, you know, uh, that big, uh, that big Death Star Stadium? Do you think Gruden, who's been pretty good ATS, will he take that game seriously? Do you like that move uh, against Seattle?
4: Yeah, you know, uh, Raider Nation's fired up, Josh. And Raider Nation uh, supporting the Raiders, they, they're all over the world. Uh, And there's people, as a global city in Vegas, there's people coming from everywhere uh, for this game. Uh, It's a preseason game, but yet it's the first time fans are going to be able to watch the Raiders uh, play a game in that stadium, Allegiant Stadium, brand-new stadium. So I think it's going to be juiced up for sure, the environment. Uh, I'm not so sure about the players, though, in terms of how much they're going to play for the Raiders. Uh, Mariota, he's banged up. He's got a leg issue, so you might see a lot of Nathan Peterman uh, in this game because you're gonna be fearful of playing Derek Carr uh, a lot in this matchup as well. But I, the Raiders have a lot of young players that they're excited about though.
5: Yeah, I think that's something definitely to take a, an I, you know, an account for here. And again, these line moves to me, it's an information based business. Mm-hmm. And really with these preseason games, I think the fact that, like to me, anytime you see a one point move in either direction, It's really based on the matchup the coach and what we're hearing on twitter and again all this info is out there for you you got to work for it unless someone hands it to you you got to read the local beat reporters read the local uh newspapers and figure out hey a coach will will really tell you up front i'm not going to play my guys some coaches are coy about it keep an eye on that you know another thing i just noticed here pritch looking at 10 uh tennessee and atlanta for tonight uh, i'm money lined atlanta here that dog to favorite line move we just saw a couple books go to Falcons minus one and a half. So mm-hmm. we were doing the show earlier. They were at minus one. Further movement here toward uh toward Atlanta. Uh another one that I'm looking at looks like the Arizona Cardinals tonight. It was kind of a kind of a 50-50 split and the line didn't move really off of the minus two or one and a half. Looks like the the uh the Cardinals are gonna go to minus two and a half. Uh, maybe even creep up toward three. You're seeing late movement on Arizona um, to that number. Then also the Saturday game, Kansas City and San Fran. We play a lot of unders this time of year, Pritch, but that's one game that's been getting hit a ton to the over. Maybe you have some fireworks there, Kansas City and San Fran, that total opened 36 and a half. It's now up to 38 and a half. I just saw it tick up to 39. A lot of wise guy money seems to be on that San Fran over against the Chiefs tomorrow
4: night. All right. Cannot wait for these games for sure. Even though we have information about top line guys, starters, premier players, they are not going to play. That's okay. But uh, people are fighting for jobs. I think that's the important uh, aspect of preseason. And the coaches are going to be looking at that uh, for sure. Evaluating that as, as well. Uh, let's go to baseball, Josh. We got Tampa Bay, uh, and the Twins, a game that has interest here. Nine and a half to total. Tampa Bay minus 170 as a favorite.
5: Yeah, I'm looking at laying it with Tampa Bay here, Pritch. I like this spot for the Rays. I think this is a team that, um, again, post-trade deadline, my socks have really tanked. Tampa Bay has really started to take off here. Um, I like this line move. You know, Tampa Bay opens around minus 150-ish on the road. They've been steamed up to around minus 160. I see some books even like minus 165. Uh, one big system match I like here is a road favorite off a big win by five runs or more. The Rays came up bigly for wise guys mm-hmm. yesterday against the Red Sox. They're like plus 105 down to like even money, even though everyone's betting Boston. The Rays bats really turned it on late, like seventh eighth inning. Uh, but coming off a big win, five runs or more, if you're a road favorite, you're 75 and 36 this year, 68%. Uh, also, Tampa Bay 45 and 25 is a favorite. Really, Minnesota's really struggled this year overall, but especially as a dog, 21 and 30. And also, um, if you look at uh, Minnesota against lefties, you have McClanahan on the bump here against Michael Pineda, Uh, McClanahan, a lefty, and we do have Minnesota 13 and 26 against lefties. So uh, that's another reason for me to lay in this non-division favorite situation with Tampa Bay. I'm looking to lay it with the Rays here, Pritch.
4: Tampa Bay, five games in front of your Sox right now in that division.
5: One weekend, kind of just changed everything. It's getting bad here, Pritch, really. Although I would say I heard a rumor. I haven't seen the lineup yet. Kyle Schwarber could be coming to the Red Sox uh, tonight, finally making his debut. Chris Sale uh, should be coming up over the weekend. Mm -hmm. The Red Sox, that number is too high for me, though, Pritch. They opened, like, minus 230. They're kind of staying where they're at. They even dipped, like, minus 225. So I'm not going to lay it uh, in the division against Baltimore. But uh, it is a good sign, if you're in my neck of the woods in Boston, Finally, Schwarber going to play Chris sales coming back here. Maybe that'll be some juice. The Red Sox need to get back in this race. Okay. Another favorite
4: situation, a decent team against a, a horrible team. Uh, the Padres <laughs> on the road, minus 180, uh, against Arizona, eight and a half the total.
5: Yeah. I'm looking at a bounce back spot here with San Diego Pritch. Um, you know, we do see the diamondbacks who've been kind of, uh, you know, a team that we've really beat up on and kind of been an auto fade. They've been a little more competitive here in recent weeks, but I think this is a good bounce back spot. For San Diego, they open around minus 160. They've been steamed up pretty good minus 180-ish. We're showing minus 190 on our screen. Big, big line move here uh, towards San Diego. Uh, what I like about this one, Pritch? Uh, a bounce back spot, but also a big discrepancy play with two lefties on the bump. You have Blake Snell, who uh, has been really bad all year, but turned it around his last two starts. He pitched against Arizona uh, about a week, about five days ago, exactly mm-hmm. two, nothing win there. Pitched pretty well start before that against Oakland, he won eight to one. So even though his numbers don't look great, Snell maybe turned a corner here uh, and really last night, it was a crazy hazmat play. If you, if you took uh, the snakes there, they're like plus 200 plus 220. They cashed last night, 12 to three, really beat up on Darvish, but here's the kicker pitch um, against lefties, two lefties on the bum bum Garner and, and Snell tonight. San Diego against lefties 22 and 10, pretty yeah. good mm-hmm. uh, Arizona against lefties seven and 23. So mm-hmm. this is kind of a matchup play for me uh, where I'll be laying it here with the Padres. Well,
4: his former team does not need him Snell. So you might as well move on <laughs> uh, and improve his performance there with the Padres. Another favorite situation this time at home uh, with the Giants minus two twenty-seven and a half and a half against the Rockies a
5: total. Pritch, I'm sorry. We <laughs> got to keep betting against your Rockies on the road. We just got to keep doing it until they prove otherwise. Uh, we do uh, cash last night there with San Fran against mm-hmm. Colorado, 7-0 win. Uh, I took the money line, probably should have gone run line in that <laughs> one. But what's intriguing here, Pritch, we, we joke about it, we talk about it. Uh, on the road, Colorado, 13-43 and 43 mm-hmm. versus the, uh, the San Francisco Giants here. 38 and 17 so it's not a huge line move but open around minus 200 san fran some books have ticked up to around minus 210 uh but this is a matchup play for me pritch also you know if you look at uh what, what we've seen from these big favorites minus 200 or more at home they're 72 percent they're coming off a win they improved to 74 percent uh and just the situation here san fran seven and three against colorado de Sclafani against gomber here we do see san fran pretty good against lefties 20 and 15, Colorado, only 39 and 40, uh, sorry, 32 and 49 against righties. So not a huge move, but a matchup play for me. I'm going to keep riding San Fran against Colorado, who really is an auto fade on the road. All right. There you have it with major league baseball. Josh, I have to ask you, I couldn't
4: ask you at the beginning of the show because we had so much content to get to and certainly we got to it, but Mac Jones, Cam Newton, are you feeling comfortable still Cam Newton being week one starter for the Patriots?
5: So I'm getting a little iffy here, Pritch. I still think <laughs> Belichick wants to go with Cam Newton. I mm-hmm. think uh, you know, just in terms of starting with a veteran and thinking that Cam will be a little bit better this year. But I gotta to admit to you, Pritch, you know, the one stat that jumped out to me from last night, if you look at yards per attempt, Mac Jones's was around seven yards, right? Cam was so I think it's so evident that one guy is is it it's not Tom Brady but it looks like Tom Brady getting it out quick you know you know throwing it around Cam Newton I I, I'm getting nervous I kind of feel like the plus 250 for Mac to start week one it I think that number is going to shorten here a bit
4: yeah it's a different offense both quarterbacks I mean they're gonna have to choose because you can't go with both of those guys like that uh throughout the entire season great job this week buddy uh good luck uh this weekend
5: I appreciate it, Pritz. Always a pleasure. Have a great weekend. And uh, hey, a little pizza money. Hope you win your bets your bets. Hey, weekend. same to you. Absolutely. Uh, we'll see you.
1: <laughs> From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast.